Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. Today we will be discussing medical devices, but before we get into that, I'd like to remind you to hit like and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. My name is Alex Hernandez. Alongside me as always is Dr. Craig Stern. And our topic for today is medical devices. I have no idea what it is. So, Craig, please explain to us what is medical devices? Because it sounds exciting. <laughs> um, the, the staff uh, decided that we should talk about medical devices. We're talking about those things that uh, some of which are sold in pharmacies, uh, like blood pressure monitors or diabetes, uh, blood sugar monitors, cholesterol monitors, things like that. Uh, we're also talking about some of the uh, prescription things like um, contact lenses and stuff like that. So we said, okay, this isn't a commercial talk. We're not making a statement about buying anything in particular. This is purely to talk about what they are, what kind of um, regulation they have to go through, and how do you address them. Right. And so we, we could also go into how technology is creeping into the healthcare world yes. through these medical devices, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, and I've, I've seen them because, um, and once again, this is not a commercial, this is just something we've seen, but where Apple is actually going into the blood glucose monitoring strips, like where it can connect to your phone, and then it could also transmit that data through your the health app and things of that nature. They do, and, yeah. and you've got one, I've got one, where you've got, um, you know, uh, apps to deal with, uh, effectively, your electrocardiogram mm-hmm. and other things you can deal with, your cardiac health. Bottom line is is that medical devices are, are uh, moving into healthcare in a very quick way mm-hmm. uh, because technology is driving it into healthcare, not because it's being demanded by doctors, pharmacists, um, nurses, hospitals, or otherwise, but because technology is driving it. And effectively, it didn't used to be, uh, you know, healthcare was very siloed, and doctors were here, and pharmacists were here, and hospitals were here, and generally, information uh, didn't move, or if it did, it was very slow in moving. Now technology comes, everybody has a cell phone, and effectively, we've moved from that to population health right. because you can carry your health care uh, chart. You can carry all of your laboratory values if you want, mm-hmm. all on your phone. So if you show up in an emergency room, people know right away all the information they need or otherwise to deal with. And it's, the, it's <clears throat> where we want to go. It's where we want to be as just as a people in society because you're looking at, Everybody has a potential patient. Yes. Everybody goes, well, you're supposed to, make sure you do, go get your checkup and then get your blood work done as well. Um, And everybody's aware of how often you go see the doctor, how often, things like that. So it could also speed up the process when you're going for your regular physical or regular checkup. You can. And devices here... Mm-hmm. you know, are moving, and you're absolutely right, Alex, right. so that you're moving not just buying a, a, a blood sugar machine, um, a diabetes machine in the pharmacy, and not just buying contact lenses from your optometrist by prescription, mm-hmm. but also wearable kind of technology, right. not just watches, but clothes 
that have sensors in them so that you can monitor people on a regular basis with regard to all of their vital signs, blood pressure, uh, pulse, uh, temperature, all of the uh, oxygenation, all of these things can be done. So it's a, it really is impinging. What's really also important is that all of these devices are becoming more and more mobile so that we can even find out and get answers right away rather than having to wait. So for example, if someone has an infection and they draw blood and or sputum and, and send it to the lab and it takes 24 to 48 hours to get a, a immediate response, in this particular case, there are, they're moving so that you can get immediate response and know what it is so people can judge what kind of drugs to give, people can judge uh, what therapy uh, might work, might not work, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, that's wonderful. And um, I saw it years ago uh, at the VA when I was on staff in cardiology where um, they had little cards that people got that had a, a lab panel that was on it. It wasn't as sophisticated. It certainly wasn't as accurate as we'd like it to be, but it was new. And it was also the people were carrying around cards that had their chest x-ray on it. So mm -hmm. they could, they had cards that are like a um, card that we used to have in computers that they could carry around. They could show you, here's my chest x-ray. Here's a card that I had for labs. It wasn't chiseled in. Right? It wasn't chiseled in. Right, and right. The labs, I think, <laughs> took a long time morphed from that into something else. Right. But we're still working in that same kind of procedure mm -hmm. uh, to deal with this stuff. And um, so so what are some, you, you mentioned briefly some of these devices like blood pressure monitors and EKG stuff that we wear on our wrist now. Mm -hmm. um, what, what are some, um, some of these other devices that people are maybe not aware of that um, are out there? Sure. Um, let, let me back up for a minute okay. before we do that. The uh, devices are licensed uh, and they're regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. Mm -hmm. They don't go through the same regimen that you have for drugs where you have to go through multiple levels of, of review to ensure that it's safe, to ensure that um, it is uh, effective, mm -hmm. to ensure that it is accurate. Uh, but devices are, there's about three different types of devices. Um, some are by prescription, as we've indicated, where it has to deal with commonly with contact lenses and things like that, where you need a prescription. Then there's also devices that are available over the counter in a pharmacy. Those kind of things do not require a prescription, but uh, they do require that people uh, know that they're safe. Uh, right. And hopefully that they're effective, um, but the registration of them, the regulations that they go through, has to deal with the same as over-the-counter drugs, where they're approved for safety mm -hmm. rather than for effectiveness. However, devices must go through a pre-market uh, approval process that identifies that they're accurate. So if you, if you take your blood pressure... Okay. You want to know that it's an accurate number that you would get if you were in a doctor's office and they put a cuff on your arm, or that your blood sugar is an accurate number that you would have that you could compare, you know, your insulin dose or your medication dose, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then finally is the other case of um, 
of uh, devices that are implanted uh, in the body, right. um, or even a, additional kind of, uh, of things that only a doctor would use in, in a particular procedure. So we've got a whole wide spectrum of things available uh, uh, without a prescription that you can get in the pharmacy, with a prescription that you have to go to a healthcare professional, and then that a doctor would use when they're implanting into a, into a body. Right, and you mentioned that these devices don't have to go through the same amount of scrutiny as a lot of other prescription drugs. Is that mainly because most of them are not being consumed? Is that well, that's part of it, but the other part of it is is that you want to make sure that um, whatever, if it's a number, that it's a verifiable, validated number. So, mm -hmm. for example, and we, I put a, a bunch of, uh, of lists here in that, there are cancer tests. So in every test, every test that's done, accurate. yeah, in every <laughs> test that's done, there are always um, false positives or, or false negatives. You want to minimize that as much as possible. But there are cancer tests that are available. There are cardiac monitors that we know that they put pads on your chest and that they can measure uh, your heart function. There are, um, are strips, chin-up strips, in order to maintain your, uh, your spine and things like that. Uh, there are circumcision devices, little devices that help with circumcision that are used in the hospital or even yeah, outside we don't, the we hospital. Yeah, we didn't mention that. We That's painful. <laughs> <laughs> the contact lenses we've mentioned. Also, um, uh, there's uh, cranial electrotherapy where they put different sensors on your, on your head the same way that you would for uh, your heart, where there's sensors for it. I may need those. Because <laughs> you need, <it. laughs> need to find out if there's any electricity going on in there. <laughs> then obviously, the, uh, dentists have all of that with dental x-rays mm -hmm. uh, and things that, that they do, um, as well as now there's electronic stethoscopes, where instead of uh -huh. having it and somebody has it around their neck, or we used to have it in our pocket, but um, now it's electronic, so they have a little a bar that they do and they put electrodes on or not electrodes but uh, uh ear uh earplugs or ear things airpods and, and earpods <laughs> and it can read um or or tell you what what the sound yeah, is see, I, I don't like that i think the doctor should still carry around the basic you, you, you the basic I mean, stethoscope that way we know for sure that's a doctor <laughs> <laughs> um and there are uh there are fetal dopplers where you can listen to a baby's heart rate, you can hear them moving around and stuff like that. So now, I saw there are a list. bunch of them. What is laser combs? Laser comb. That, is that for no? Yeah. Get, get my part just right. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I don't care about your part uh, being just right. <laughs> They're used in all kinds of, of uh, surgeries, surgical services, oh, okay. frequently uh, within dermatology and plastic surgery. Mm. Uh, so there, there. There's infant heel warmers. There's at least uh, three pages of lists of all of these things. So we're not talking yeah. about anything that isn't well known. It's it's huge. But what is important here... And we'll here, make sure that M goes through the list, each and every one of them, and puts them on the, the post as well. Right? Yeah. Right, M? Good job. The, 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 important issue, yeah, the important issue here is that there are a lot of them, 
what you want to know and the regulations for having them, especially in the pre-marketing surveillance. And they also have post-marketing surveillance like they do for drugs. Mm -hmm. But it's terribly important that you know, one, that they're safe. That's part of the regulation and approving them. Right. Um, you, you, they are not regulated necessarily uh, for effectiveness like you do with a drug, but they are regulated for effectiveness with regard to that they're accurate in their right. measurement. So uh, that um, occurs and it's important for all of these things. So you're not just putting on something <laughs> that looks cool, <coughs> but like you're a putting a, like a stethoscope, yeah. Right. But you're putting on something that you know is going to um, give you the appropriate information, whether it's a cancer test or whether it's a, a electronic monitor, blood pressure monitor, etc. You want to know that those numbers are correct, and those are part of that uh, pre-market evaluation. Easily calculate J-code pricing. J-Code Calculator is a web-based, standardized injectable fee schedule to assist with management of claims payment of injectables, vaccines, immunizations, cancer therapeutic agents, and enteral feedings. J-Code Calculator has an expansive database of J-Codes and features including J-Code unit pricing for ease of calculations, NDC and HICPICS pricing, FDA alerts and approved dosing, and ICD-10 approved for the drug. Please visit ProPharmaConsultants.com for more information. Okay, but let, let's move on to home use devices. What, this is a category you mentioned here in the list. I have no idea what it's about. Well, a couple of things, and that is um, in the stuff that is over the counter, it doesn't require a prescription. Mm -hmm. um, it is authorized by the FDA, and it's authorized by the FDA for safety, first okay. of all. And effectiveness, but it's not quite the same effectiveness of curing cancer or curing a, a cold or something. I am talking about things such as adhesive bandages, crutches, eyeglass frames, uh, otoscopes for listening uh, in the ear, mm -hmm. personal sound amplification like some elderly people use in order to watch television and it allows them to hear. You have some of those, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and, and sharps containers where people throw used syringes so that they're not just thrown in the trash and people can reuse them. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. But those are important. The same kind of regulation doesn't necessarily apply to everything, but it gives an idea of some things besides the other stuff that we've talked about because there's a, a whole range of different testing that you mm -hmm. can get in any pharmacy. The, the other really important issue is that if you have a problem or you need to report it, there is a reporting here to the FDA. Uh, the phone number is one 800 332 1088. You can also fax to them at 1 800 FDA 0178. Uh, and then there's a mail a process, and we'll put this up on the uh, cloud for everybody. But um, people report periodically about particular problems, and that creates where the manufacturers have to go back, relook at it. Mm -hmm. This is the post marketing 
uh, stuff. And drugs have post-marketing, so do devices. Right. Um, so that you can you can uh, use it. There will be in the future uh, genetic testing. Clearly, today you can take a swab, you can send it to a particular lab, and they will give you your a genetic formulation. They will talk about your culture and people you're related to and things like that. Uh, but soon there will also be um, genomic testing that we use to see whether, for example, in some cancer chemotherapy, whether the drugs will work right. for a particular disease. And there are other ones that they are using in order to determine if uh, treatment is working, meaning that the, we know the drug will work for that disease, but the mm -hmm. question is, is it working? And there are tests now that will address that. And uh, surely um, they will will uh, be more mobile uh, over the next few years as we deal with it. And that, that's pretty fascinating when you, when you think about it, how they're going to start manufacturing drugs based on a per, on a person's genetic formula that's it's fascinating it is fascinating and um, we report on it I mean we mm -hmm. we have it in our uh, in our medical specialty and pharmacy specialty kind of tools Jayco calculator things like that uh, mm -hmm. but um, it is it is not only fascinating but it's giving another another avenue. You can diagnose somebody based on symptoms. Mm -hmm. You can diagnose them based on fluids like um, blood or, or phlegm or fluid or, or, uh, or rectal uh, kind of, uh, of, of issues. Uh, you also have blood levels that you can have of particular drugs. Right. You also have blood uh, biochemistry to deal with electrolytes and others that influence what goes on cardiovascular-wise, et cetera. And mm -hmm. now we have genomic testing. So it just adds to this wealth of information that we can test on and be able to help people to get a very accurate medication to treat particular problems based on a whole wealth of uh, different testing that we can do. And completely unrelated to anything that you had just said. <laughs> Um, you mentioned a fax number. Do people still use faxes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but they do have a fax number. To be fair, we have a fax number. What? <laughs> and periodically, uh, people can fax us or we fax out, depending on what client needs are. So, yes, um, uh, pharmacies, by the way, have fax numbers. I'm sure most businesses have fax numbers. Pro Pharma has a fax number. So um, I think to that, be fair. The last time we actually used it was probably before 2010. <laughs> probably. Well, actually, no. Uh, <laughs> ben is faxing out uh, every month. Oh, well, I'm going to have to have a talk with Ben about this. Anyways. But a lot of the faxing that goes on today is not through the machine. Mm. It's through... Uh, the computer where the number takes you to a computer and the computer displays it and you get it that way versus one of these big clunker machines like we had or have um, and and somebody can fax to you through that. And it still has a, you still pick up the phone. You after. still pick up the phone. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, but I also wanted to move on to technology advancing. The, all the wearable technology that we have now some of it seems to focus around the fact of being healthy, like prevention, like we're monitoring steps, monitoring your heart rate, 
monitoring your activity, making sure, I gotta get my steps in after this, by the way. Just okay. Good. Good. We got we got to wrap this up soon. I got to get my steps in. <laughs> um, but also, we wanted to talk about how some of these devices are just going to be on your on your person at all. They time. are. They yeah. are. I mean, we have talked over and over that the um, best way to treat someone is to prevent it. Right. Um, treating uh, from a personal standpoint as well as a professional standpoint of what we do mm -hmm. is much harder than having prevented the problem. Exactly. So you're correct. You're absolutely correct. All these wearables and otherwise are to Make identify... Make sure you cut this out, <laughs> how often he says I'm correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, it, um, that it does identify areas where we can prevent disease. We also need to know that people that have a disease like for example have had a heart attack they can have like an app or something that follows their particular electrocardiogram so if there are abnormal beats mm -hmm. it will identify it and that then can be sent to a computer that the doctor has giving information and perhaps interventions same thing is true about people's weight um, same thing is true for asthmatics and people with COPD so it's to prevent, but it's also to try and maintain people where they are mm -hmm. so that you're maintaining them in a, uh, in a standard way so that they are not rushing to a doctor, to the hospital, or otherwise in order to get treatment. Right. And all of this is to say these medical devices are helping the patients. They're growing. They're expanding. Technology is having its effect on it as well. So all that with... Um, the current healthcare problems that we're having now with uh, lines going out the door for some of these clinics, it could also minimize some of that as well. I, I feel like it could. Well, it has that opportunity, yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the healthcare is moving from um, going to the doctor to being more of a outpatient commodity kind of thing where you go to a pharmacy and there's a healthcare clinic and they can they can uh, take your blood pressure and they can try and regulate uh, some of these things in a retail clinic mm -hmm. versus going to the doctor and standing in line or or taking a long time to get to them or otherwise it's not anti-doctor anti-anything right it's just making healthcare closer to the patient more efficient mm -hmm. um, easier and potentially cheaper so yes. yes, all of that is occurring, and technology—pardon me—technology is leading the um, charge by trying to one make it more affordable, make it a closer access so you can get to it, and then uh, uh, fairly that it's removing the need for a lot of high-intensity kind of services of people evaluating things that don't require really severe, really on-site kind of problem solving. Right. And then I can't wait for the day when a new app comes out where you have a doctor and you could just discuss with your doctor what's going on. Doctor, I have a cough. Am I going to die? That kind of thing. Well, actually, there's already telehealth. It already occurs. Oh, really? Um, Tell me more. <laughs> uh, telehealth occurs at is available in a lot of the large health organizations, mm -hmm. um, Kaiser and others. 
Um, many of them uh, doctors have uh, worked in and they're part of telehealth kind of groups. Mm -hmm. um, it helps so that doctors don't have to go to the home to deal with it. Uh, many groups deal with it where you can call in with your symptoms, talk to a doctor and identify and they will prescribe so that you don't have to leave the home or otherwise to do it. So that already exists today. Wow. I really didn't know that. I mean, I, I was, I was not, I'm not being sarcastic in any way. But that's awesome, and then it's only going to get better from that and grow from it that, is. I can imagine. It is. Well, that was a very interesting topic. Thank you very much, Dr. Stern. Thank you. And we're going to cut it there. Um, I have to go get my steps in. So before I go <laughs> do that, I'd like to remind you to go to ProPharmaConsultants.com. We have a free uh, healthcare information page called RxInfoX. Um, did I miss anything? No, I pharmacy think we've got some of our pharmacy there? benefit yeah. news, free um, education about mm -hmm. what goes on. And then, of course, pro pharma talks that we do every week. Exactly. So we will see you next week.